we're going to start hearing a lot more about the dangers of the hustle culture. And this was one of those things that I think they've been looking at more and more from a neuroscience perspective, looking at what the hustle culture is really doing to our brains. And essentially, it's causing us to run into a lot more modes of exhaustion, which then triggers like your primitive brain, which is your emotional brain. Your logic goes out the window, you know, it's, that's where you're starting to have like a lot of emotional responses, cortisol levels get all screwed up. There's all these things happening in your body that essentially you're just putting your body under stress. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We have a very informative episode for you guys this week. We have some uh, data and topics all surrounding, uh, I guess, relaxing, maybe taking it easy, kind of encompasses all the idea of recharging your batteries in order, or recharging your batteries by not working in one way or another. Yeah, and basically we're, we're looking at those things that maybe in our day-to-day worlds we may have a negative connotation with and we're going to discuss why those things might actually be a missing piece of health for all of us agreed especially here in this country yes Mm -hmm. so but before we do that we want to thank you guys for tuning in this week and each and every week for the new listeners uh, please let us know what you think about this episode. And every episode, you can go back and listen to all the previous 276 episodes, I believe, to let us know what you guys think about it by leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcast or your preferred podcast app. And like I said, I'm sure they don't check very often. You guys can go back if you've ever already left a rating review. Do it again for us. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, so let's go into training recaps. Would you like to go first or second? I can go first. Go first. Mine's pretty simple. Um, this week I was fighting a cold, not sleeping great. So I took it easy and I just basically did yoga. And it was great. Yeah. Like... I didn't. I waited until the end of the week to kind of push myself and do a more um, intense yoga session, and I'm sore, <laughs> so I feel like I did accomplish something uh-huh. over the course of the week. But the rest of the time, I was just focused on making sure that I was kind of keeping my body moving a little bit in the mornings, right. which is really helpful, especially when your body's not feeling great. Yeah. So very, very gentle yoga most of the week. Um, And then I slept in a couple days, too. There you go. Very nice. Recharging the batteries. Yeah. be the theme for this week's episode. Uh, I got in my five workouts this week. I'm still able to keep that trend going. Uh, You know, kind of switched up a little bit of the format this week. Earlier in the week, I felt um, my, my lower back and it was a little tight. 
And so I switched it to an upper body workout, which was nice and everything felt good. And But got two kettlebells, two pelotons, and a body weight in. And I'm getting a lot of, uh, or getting a good amount of weightlifting in at the gym too for more upper body movements. So great week of training. Um, got my sauna in this week. Only one this week, but it was very, I got up to 20 minutes at 175 degrees. So I'm pretty happy about that. Woo-hoo. I'm also doing underwater, basically laps underwater at the pool so i'm up to almost two laps underwater which i'm pretty stoked about building my lung capacity so um that was that's something i've been working on and i'm very happy about so uh let's go into the main topic because it's going to be pretty broad we've got a couple different articles um i think we're going to go start from one aspect and move to the another because i was thinking about what if we do a uh, episode about napping the benefits of naps like the power nap everybody's heard that kind of phrase talked about and like is it actually beneficial to take a nap uh in the middle of the day well a lot of science says it is it is beneficial it can help with memory it can help with stress reduction it can help with cognitive function like memory recall and things like that um, so there's, there's some debate whether what's the time or what the length of a power nap should be. Um, anywhere say, some people say as short as 10 minutes, some people say maybe 30, 40 minutes, but they say probably not to go any longer than that because then you get into like the deep sleep. And if you come out of deep sleep without spending too much time in it, you might be groggy when you wake up. So I think a power nap in the middle of the day, maybe after lunch, like they do in a lot of other countries, the siesta. Yeah. I think that's very beneficial. You know, 10 to 40 minutes is probably... I've heard people say the magic number is 35, five minutes to fall asleep and 30 to actually sleep, quote-unquote, a light sleep. You're not in any deep, like, REM sleep. But uh, it's, uh, it's a great way to uh, recharge batteries and to uh, maybe uh, uh, circumvent getting the afternoon coffee, too. Yeah, I think we all rely on stimulants to keep us going a bit Mm -hmm. more. But what that really does is sort of override your body's just natural system. Yep. So one thing that we'll go a little bit more into, but that kind of spurred this and is like also I think we're going to start hearing a lot more about the dangers of the hustle culture. And this was one of those things that I think they've been looking at more and more from a neuroscience perspective, looking at what the hustle culture is really doing to our brains. And essentially, it's causing us to run into a lot more modes of exhaustion, which then triggers like your primitive brain, which is your emotional brain. Your logic goes out the window, you know, it's, that's where you're starting to have like a lot of emotional responses, cortisol levels get all screwed up. There's all these things happening in your body that essentially you're just putting your body under stress. Mm -hmm. So the importance of finding a way to, to somehow recharge um, I think we're seeing a lot more studies now about that. And yeah. How do you recharge if you don't have that 30 to 40 minute window? Right. And so we won't get into it today, but 
it is one of the things that meditation, some people are starting to turn to meditation mm-hmm. for because a 10 to 15 minute meditation can actually be more restful than hours of sleep. Yeah. Like, which is mind boggling. But if you can train yourself to meditate, you can get hours worth of rest for your body in a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other thing. Yep. But <clears throat> this is, in a way, um, we found an article that was in entrepreneur.com and they talked all about how neuroscientists have found that rest, intentional rest, so that not necessarily just napping, yeah. but intentional rest. I like how they've replaced napping. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, f- I mean, for the most part, most of my life I've thought, well, people that nap, they're either young, like babies, they're old, or maybe they're kind of lazy. <laughs> you know, like, I've had, I've had thoughts like that cross my wow. mind. I've not been a great napper. And it's something I've tried to do. And it was always when I didn't try, when instead I just rested and let go of everything that I actually was able to nap. Mm-hmm. Like nap in, in, on the floor of my house in a sunny spot in the middle of winter when I was like a teenager was the only way I could nap. I could not go and lay down on my bed and nap. So napping and I have like a sort of complicated relationship, but they are saying though that intentional rest, intentional rest, I like that, um, is now known to boost productive energy, creativity, innovative thinking, executive function, positive mindset, intuition, and super important. Did you know that our memories are made when we rest? Yeah. So if you're having a day where you feel like it's all a blur and then you have a crappy night's sleep and then you look back and you go, what the heck happened yesterday? Well, that crappy rest is probably more to blame with you not remembering, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So this is all, this article really focused on just how you, how you do intentional rest. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's kind of, it's sort of like embracing what you did probably as a kid mm-hmm. when you were told to like lay down and nap. Yeah. When you're in it's kindergarten. just as simple as like closing your eyes, letting your mind wander, daydreams. Like neuroscience researchers have found that daydreams actually are like, they score super high on creativity scales. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, Essentially, you're just letting, like, you're enabling your brain to free form, free flow. Um, and then they also say breathing um, is super important. Just <laughs> focusing on your breath. It actually does give you a mental energy boost. This is probably down to just what happens when you have conscious breath versus that automatic response. So you actually override that sort of reactive, instinctual programming that your your brain is operating on, and it triggers the sort of um, 
the more present sort of I'm trying to say it without like using scientific not, terms not conscious you don't want to say conscious um it's it's what you do when you practice mindfulness but it it takes you out of that automatic fight or flight response and it overrides that so that it actually brings you into this moment and starts allowing you to control your your responsiveness right. and versus it being yeah. just an automatic thing i understand yeah so it yeah, deals like with it deals eyes, with yeah. yeah it deals with essentially um activating your parasympathetic brain mm-hmm. that's what i was trying not to get into but Versus your sympathetic. We're a a science show. I know, but it's like, I feel like eyes glaze over when you start talking about these things. Come on. Um, So there's lots of benefits, but it's basically this article was all about how this um, purposeful rest or what did they call it? Yeah, I think that was right. Um, How important this is for especially those who find themselves in that hustle culture. Like you could do this, they're saying, for as little as five minutes a day, Mm -hmm. and you would see benefits to it. This sounds like the meditation I do, like in the morning. Yeah. You know, five minutes, close your eyes. Intentional rest. Intentional rest. And, uh, you know, breathing in deep and talking about where you're sending your breath, what part of your body. and Those are actually visualizations. Yes. very effective right so like i mean that's that's what i think about and you know i i try to make that a part of my day i mean usually for me it's shortly after i wake up in the morning so um it helps with like you said the visualization and i follow it by exercising but i think i've done it a couple times lately i've done it in the middle of the day too i think it's going to be that might be the new routine just to do it in the middle of the day because i think it kind of like you said it gives you a good reset Right in the middle of your day. It does. And um, it th- sends a lot of energy to your body with that, that deep breathing and the and the purposeful breathing, uh, the intentional rest, that's what it's mm-hmm. called. Um, because I think it's fun. It's, I don't know what, funny or I'm sure being the fact that it's from entrepreneur, you know, what is that, like online website, right? Yeah, Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Magazine. And uh, it's, I mean, that's kind of the, the hustle culture is what I think synonymous with entrepreneurs, people who have their own business. Yeah. You know, not that people who work for a company don't do that. I'm sure they do too. Um, but I think that's kind of one of the thoughts thing, the the driving force behind, behind entrepreneurs. So many syllables in that word. Um <laughs> They they always have to be on the go. They always have to be keep going, or they're they're gonna fall behind, kind of thing. So, um, I wonder, like, I, I I see both. Like you said, I can see the need for both. I feel like the, to hustle and outwork somebody, or and but also enjoy your leisure time. It's, yeah, I guess it's just defining or scheduling those two different timing, those two different functions. You know. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because there are actually a lot more, just kind of how I said, I think that we're starting to see a lot more science delving into what the consequences of our hustle culture are. And 
they're not all good. I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like when we were all locked down in a pandemic, we started to reprioritize and reexamine how we live our lives. You were forced to change how we lived our lives. So, of course, everybody started looking at, well, are we doing it right? Do we need to make some changes? I think that the hustle culture, while it, it you know, serves the purpose for society, certainly keeps a lot of things kind of going. Um, it, it does have some serious flaws, especially when it's sustained. So our hustle culture here in the United States has essentially made leisure a four-letter word. And the way that a lot of other countries in the world practice leisure and how even how like natural animals in the animal kingdom would practice leisure, aka really not doing anything much, we see as a negative in the United States. You ask somebody like, there's been some research. There was actually another article that I was reading um, recently, and I thought it was I thought it was super interesting. Um, it was about people who started to compare, you know, study those who think leisure is a waste of time, and they found that a lot of Americans who are asked and say like you were you know you're going to go on a vacation what do you think you what you what do you think you're going to do and a small fraction of them said like I'm I'm going to rest and just you know relax not do anything most of them lined up this you know huge list of things that they had to do they had to see they had to you know, they had to conquer something like that. And a vacation was yet one more item in this like idea that they had to be on the go and sort of productive in a way. So leisure was not restful. And they said that even like people who thought that they were resting you know, they, they would be say like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go bike up a mountain. And that's, that's relaxing to me. But it still wasn't like leisure and something that was going to be restful. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's subjective what restful is to, you know, is it in the eye of the beholder? Well, I think... Leisure. I mean, like I said, I mean, uh, riding a bike might be a leisure activity for somebody. Yeah. You know, so exercising might be a leisure activity for somebody. Um, I don't know. Like I said, if it's, I, I totally understand if they're talking about just going somewhere and unplugging and just laying there or, or you know, sitting by the pool or just, you know, going out to dinner, I, I guess. I mean, I think that can be a part of it. So here was the interesting thing. They've, they've done some studies on different cultures, right? They've done, they've done a number. They found that French people and American people, for those who had the same um, 
they or actually they found that like French people and American people they saw very differently in terms of what leisure was. Leisure uh-huh. was like enjoyment. It was very. Um, it was really not attached to like productivity of any uh-huh. kind necessarily, but they found that the two cultures that tended to think leisure was the most biggest waste of time was American and Indian. But then they looked at those people in even in French cultures, which they found on the opposite side of the scale who thought, you know, leisure was a very important thing. Um, and those who more aligned with like the American and Indian side of things tend to be vastly more anxious, stressed, and depressed. Mm. So people who think that leisure, like they're, these studies found that not having any leisure in your life, thinking it's a waste of time, also sort of disconnected you, added a whole lot more stress and right. anxiety and negative mental health at, um conditions yeah i mean so, i can see it i can definitely see it you know i i frequently look forward to when we do date night and we plan out going places and staying at you know somewhere we haven't gone or going to a restaurant we haven't gone i find that very i look forward to that i love planning those yeah so that's something that's very um restful and yeah what i would consider a leisure activity you know yeah. so it's uh it's i think guess so in, in socialization is one of those things in terms of leisure that they found was a big part of leisure. Right. Being right. social versus an independent sort of, I'm going to take this on. Yeah. Um, but they also did, um, they did also describe in this particular article, which includes several studies, that not all leisure is equal. And they said that a term um, psychologists call terminal leisure, leisure that takes place purely for enjoyment, is differs from instrumental leisure, which is leisure that might serve a larger purpose, like um, making friends <laughs> or staying healthy. Uh-huh. And therefore it feels productive but you would still associate it with leisure so there is there is a couple different sides of it as well Uh um and it's gonna differ you know based off of who you are right and your kind of upbringing and tendencies i think as to which one you want but Ultimately, what they found was that it's it's really hard to change your idea of leisure. You know, I mean, this is this is a cultural learning that you experience from yeah. birth. Right. This I is something you're conditioned your whole life. So when you come across somebody, I think it's it's interesting, you come across someone from a different culture who has a much different value on leisure. And you've, you get those disconnections of like, well, that's a waste of time, or oh, that's, you're so lazy. 
You know, like we see it so negatively. Right. Um, and to be honest, as I get older, I'm like, I really do. I'm starting to see a lot more value in the moments of stillness and, you know, just those simple acts of socialization with people I enjoy. And granted, I do still like that instrumental leisure, which is more of the, you know, you're doing something like going for a walk in the woods by yourself or, you know, going for a bike ride. That's enjoyable, but I, I'm like getting to a point where I start. I'm starting to think like not necessarily leisure, you know. Not if it's not quite. I am yeah. starting to see the difference. I can see that, you know. I, I don't know if it's like maybe I. I do agree. It's hard to like. It might break. be caused by burnout. I don't it could know. Be, it could be Even like hard, it's a hard habit to break if you're in the you know if you're not in the leisure camp if you don't like leisure you know like you said because i think it's definitely a nurture thing that's kind of ingrained into you at a young age but you know i think you can as you mature you're basically your your views of or your goals might change so then i think your approach to leisure might change also yeah so they they gave a good recommendation in here they said even if you can't change how you view leisure, look at some of those activities like going for a walk, going to the beach and laying on a beach or something like that as instrumental. Yeah. So that you start you start seeing as instrumental leisure. Right. And at least that's a starting point where you're like, okay, well this is something that it's I'm not accomplishing anything. Right. I'm not being like, you know, this one thing isn't getting me farther in a in a point in time, but it's it's an instrumental leisure uh-huh. and really embracing that. Right. Kind of baby steps. True. I wonder and so make more time for leisure and make more time for napping. I think that's what we intentional got. rest intentional rest and intentional leisure leisure right same thing can uh, leisure and rest be same instrumental can intentional leisure be napping oh heck yeah like there what it, like those people like when you go to the beach if yeah and it's like the perfect weather conditions you lay down and you actually fall asleep Hopefully not in, like, bright sunshine. But, like, you know, those moments, those are great moments for a reason. Boom, boom. Two birds. I know. So, yeah, I think it's it all comes down to maybe we're glamorizing the hustle culture a little bit. uh, And we need to bring it back. Right. We We need to start seeing the truth. Yeah. And what this does. We got to find a good medium. Between, there needs to be some you know, balance. Working yeah. during the work hours and then, you know, uh, relaxing during the off hours. You yeah. Gotta find that balance. So, yeah, like you said, balance. Um, well, that's awesome. I think we've got great goals for people to work towards. Daily power naps and daily leisure or regular well, leisure. I, I don't Yeah. Regular I like, leisure. Yeah. So, um 
you know, when we talk about goals, that, that makes me pumped. Makes you pumped? Okay. I'm pumped about having goals. <laughs> okay. Do you know what else? Yes, pumped? I do. That what? was what? a little what? forced. What? <laughs> that was a perfect segue. That was a little forced. Perfect segue. Textbook, as I like This is where we talk about what's got us pumped. There we go. All right. So you went first for training recaps. I'll go first for what's got me pumped. Um, I... I think we're going to have somewhat similar things. I also heard a podcast, or I heard a podcast this week, I should say, about, it was from the Happiness Lab, I think I mentioned this person before, or this podcast yep. before, and they were talking, it was actually an interview with Rob Lowe, the actor, um, but the whole kind of subject of the episode was about how nostalgia is uh, kind of... Uh, incorrectly frames are present because um, people like have a lot of fond memories and they look back fondly on past activities but mm. our mind actually manipulates those memories yep. in order to make them more joyful yep so you might think that you know it was always better 10 years ago it was better five years ago it was better 20 years ago it was better but your mind your memories are actually warped because your mind wants to hold on to happy memories. So it creates, it kind of manipulates those memories to make them more enjoyable. So what's actually happening is like when you think that, oh, it was better so-and-so many years ago or how many years ago, it's actually incorrect. Because your memories aren't actually how you, what actually happened. Right. Your mind and your, your outlook at the time shapes that memory to mm-hmm. make it more enjoyable for you to recall it yeah and have fond memories you know but it's the actually the actuality is that it probably was not how you remember it probably isn't as you know you, you look at things as rose colored glasses when you look back on things you know yeah well it's the same kind of um Mm, oh, I was just learning about this, like neural conditioning. Uh-huh. That when you smell something, this is really, really true for smells. There's all of your senses essentially are connected to those very primitive um, parts of your brain mm-hmm. that are attached to emotions. Those then get saved as memories. And if you have a experience that has a positive component, then you could remember that smell or that touch or that song or that taste as it's, it's nostalgic. It's, yeah. it's, you're creating, a, it's more of a feeling than you are a crystallized, perfectly preserved, replicated memory. Right. And this is like you talk about all of like the neuro kind of reprogramming that you can do. Um, It's really interesting because it's true. Our brains don't want, they want to release trauma. They want to release bad memories. Sometimes we stop it from releasing it and letting it go and when we have these really positive experiences, 
then you have this very nostalgic feeling where right. you get the warm and fuzzies. Yep. So I thought that was cool. That, that episode just talking about how. So who know, did who did they talk to? They talked to Rob Lowe and then a couple other like neuroscientists and stuff. Interesting. So I forgot the the name of the scientist, but I remember Rob Lowe was getting interviewed about. And this is the happiness. Yeah, the happiness lab. So, well, you've heard cool. you've heard him mention this now. I think feel like a few times. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely worth a listen. I need to get my my butt in gear and listen to it. Well, what what are you pumped about? Well, I I also have a podcast. What? Yes. Um, shocking as that may seem by a couple of podcast hosts. Well, we listen to podcasts. So I recently discovered um, the podcast We Can Do Hard Things with Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure at this point most people have heard of Glennon Doyle. Most. Who's Glennon Doyle? She is the author of the book Untamed. Oh, Glennon Doyle. Oh, I thought it was two people. Sorry. No. <laughs> My bad. Um, so she's actually written a couple books, but untamed went huge and it hit right around the pandemic and it Mm -hmm. was a very relevant topic because it was all about doing hard things like the fact that we can do hard things we should do hard things we can get through hard things and she has a really great way I think a lot of people have connected to about delving into the hard things. You know, instead of turning a blind eye to them, she really will dig down and look into what is the hard thing? Why is this a hard thing? And work her way through it. She was, at one point, she was in a very non-functional marriage she calls she says she was dripping with children she had like three kids and she was miserable and she became an alcoholic because that was the only way she could deal and she just wanted you know to disconnect and get away and all that so she essentially kind of got her life back you know she went into AA she met her now wife But she had to do a lot of hard things. She had to face a lot of things. And so this podcast is, I feel like if I actually haven't, I have the book right over there. (laughs) And I'm hoping in the near future that can be one of my my, uh, things that's got me pumped. But I feel like this podcast, even if you haven't read the book or if you have, I feel like it's probably a nice continuation Um, It's a topic that I've heard a lot of discussion on in things that I'm learning more about. Um, And I think a lot of people heard the phrase, we can do hard things in the last year. Mm -hmm. A number, a good portion of which came from this book being so popular. So the podcast dives into, it's actually Glennon Doyle and her sister, who she calls sister (laughs) and um it's a pretty like you know it's them raw kind of unfiltered and they have guests on sometimes um 
Glennon Doyle's partner comes on, Abby, who, like, gosh, it's it's really like it's one of those people you just want to hear from more because she just sounds like such an interesting person. Um, and then I know that there are a bunch of other guests that they bring on the mm-hmm. show, but they they really do explore this concept and they have like different topics. You know, they talked about um, fun and like the importance of play and they explored like down just amongst each other about like, well, why is it so hard for some people to have fun? Why is it that some people can't define any aspect of actual play in their lives? And I mean, they're, I mean, these are really interesting conversations, but it's done in a very realistic way where you feel like you're just sitting on the other side of a cough, like a, you know, like a kitchen table, listening to these kind of profound realizations and epiphanies and things. So it's, it's really good. I recommend it. I've only listened, I think, to maybe six, six of them. She's been doing this for over a year. Um, but I mean, they, they really broach some interesting topics as well. Mm-hmm. So it's everything you can think of to like cattiness to discussion of roles and, um, quitting. There's things on like anger, things on addiction. Obviously that was a big one. Um, so I, I think it's a cool thing. I, it's really got me pumped. Like I enjoy listening to these conversations and I love discovering a podcast where you just want to binge all the podcasts. It's, it's like Christmas. So that's fun. Hopefully people want to binge that podcast and our podcast. Yeah. They've got 270 something episodes to go through. So you guys can get started right now. Let us know what you think about this episode and all those episodes. And uh, you guys can also tell us what you guys want us to investigate in a future episode. Yeah. There's a lot of health and fitness topics out there, and we'd like to explore them all. Or tell us what's got you pumped. That's right. Love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Got anything else for them tonight? Nope. This has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check in next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at The ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks. Thanks.